Good afternoon, Los Angeles and all of Southern California. My name is Farley Malaris, and you're listening to Astrological Metaphysical Radio, the phenomenon of the 90s. On KFOX 93.5 FM, your talk alternative. Today we're going to talk about karma, identify for you beginners what it is, and what it means to have absolution or working out your karma, and the incredible, in, the in, incredible, I, I know how to talk today, <laughs> the incredible benefits that you will receive while doing that, so it could be very exciting. And, you know, I am just so glad that Mercury is not retrograde anymore. And I'm so excited that Saturn and Neptune are going direct, too. I'm just like a little kid. And I'm also excited that uh, I'm here. <laughs> Aren't you? But, actually, life is grand. Life is wonderful. And thank goodness that I, I've been feeling so good lately. Have you checked your karma lately? <laughs> Do you know what's going on with your karma out there? You know what karma is? Well, just basically... If you have any pain in your life at all, no matter what it is, I don't care if it's with your body or your mind or your spirit or your emotions or your relationship or your kids or your family or your friends or your parents or your children, if there's pain, then there's karma. A simple formula. Pain equals karma. Karma usually happens when A, there's an obsession with something you don't need or someone you don't need. B, if there's something that is chosen beyond a spiritual motive, like just going out and having an affair for the heck of it with someone, or getting a job just for the money, or the wrong attitude, the wrong ethical foundation, if any, established to anything. A lot of times, we choose wrong in life, we pick the wrong relationships, we settle with people we shouldn't be with, we end up dating or falling in love or allowing ourselves to be around people that are in love with us and we're really not the same. There's an imbalance somewhere. We end up being born to families that we have no business being with. Wrong mother, wrong father, perhaps wrong brother, wrong sister. It's all karma. A lot of you are coming from a situation of intense pain in your childhood where you didn't receive any love, you didn't receive any hugs or nurturing or nourishing. Instead, in retrospect, you realize that you've been totally abused, you've been manipulated, you've been conned, you've been lied to, you've been everything. Hit, hurt, used, abused. It doesn't feel good. You walk around with it. Having karma and knowing you have karma are two very different things. But if you have karma and then you know you have it, and yet you don't do anything to get rid of it, then you have a really big problem. Then you have a major problem. Because I have found out that when you make a mistake in life and when you create energy in your life that's no good for your soul, a debt to your soul is what karma is. Karma means that you are doing something beyond the spirit for no just or no love motive. And when you create this negative energy, what it does is it creates little barriers. Now, a lot of us fall into ruts. So many of us fall into ruts, and I have this soul bowl philosophy that's spelled S-O-U-L-B-O-W-L, that people fill their lives up with garbage. Tons of it. Just 
in their apartments and their houses, real life garbage, you know, like saving papers and pencils. Now, lately, I've been going through a period where every once in a while I have a spring cleaning in the late summer, early fall, and just throw out four, five, six, seven, eight huge plastic bags full of trash. Did you ever do that? At the same time you do that in your home, a lot of people will also do that in their personal life, where they'll take a look at a relationship and they'll go, "Uh uh-uh, no, there's too much pain involved here. There doesn't need to be the arguing, the screaming, the crying. There are people out there that have a knowingness that everything is going to be okay. I have met, you know, I am very lucky to have some of the most wonderful couples listening to this show. Sometimes I have people drop by the station, like uh, Dr. Connaughton and his wife yesterday, the sports chiropractor, my chiropractor and Bob and his wife, and and just a whole bunch of people that pop in out of left field after the show, married couples, that just glow with love and light. And you know, you look at them, and you know there's really no karma between these people because it's like I say, more than falling in love with someone in a relationship, you become one with them. And oftentimes it happens from the get-go, right off. Same thing in a family. Some people need to fall in love with their families, and then other people... They just become one with them from the get-go. Do you know, I define a void of karma where there's no karma when you're one with the situation you're involved in, where there's no motive, where there's no attitude, where there's no problem, where there's no pain, but you're just one with the situation you're involved with, whatever it is. There's a oneness. There's like a teamwork there. There's a mutual effort to have fun, to have spirit, to have joy, to have bliss. There's a knowingness. Too many of us fill our soul bowls up with garbage. Friends that really uh, do not appreciate us. Relatives that really don't know or appreciate us. And relationships that are totally wrong. Now, interesting thing you find out on the way to life. As you're walking down the path of life, you get to the realization that one day when you start emptying your soul bowl of this karma and get, throwing out five, six, seven, eight bags of trash, or processing out a relationship that you know down deep is no good for you, is not right. It's not one of those things that in your heart you're saying, this feels good. And what happens is, I call it the repetitive nuclear bomb cycle, where you could be hanging around, having a good time, singing in song, whistling, dancing, whatever, then all of a sudden, bam, <laughs> boom. You just turn around and, and see, if you're like me, I have a, a Scorpio moon, as you all know. A lot of you out there have Scorpio factors. So a lot of you out there are like unto love-hate individuals in that either you really be into something and gung on like, yeah, that feels good, I like that. Or you're like, oh, man, geez, that, <laughs> get me out of there, you know. And it's real obvious. It's a real obvious experience when there's something in your life that's wrong. My problem that I have had throughout my life is I have not known how to or when to let go of negative elements in my life. Lately, since I've had these purple plates, I've been really courageous and strong and powerful. I have tremendous inner love and inner peace. So when I recognize an element that is not positive, that does represent pain, then I go ahead and let it go. I allow the dump truck to come over and pick up the trash from my apartment, or I allow my relationships to change. 
I am an individual that has a philosophy at this point in my life that I want all the people in my life to be at peace, to be in a blissful state, to be loving and nourishing and nurturing and supportive to me, and I want to be able to recognize and intuitively feel that they're supposed to be there. And if they're not, then say la vie, so be it. The most important thing about karma, and in my opinion, again, the proof that there is a God and the proof that reincarnation does exist and the proof that we're just not an accident out here in the middle of nothing is that when you do process your karma, when you do, so to speak, empty your soul bowl, when you do throw out the garbage in your house, the stuff you've been collecting, and get rid and process some of the negative elements in your relationships and career, parts of your life that are painful, what happens is that you allow the universe to shine a light on you to bring you some power, what we call benefits, resolution. Resolution equal benefits is the formula. I kind of see it as having a lot of blankets covering a greenhouse. And in order to allow the light to shine through that greenhouse, it will take some work, but you got to take off the blankets that are keeping the light from coming through and fold them up and put them away or throw them out or whatever. And the more blankets you take off, the more light that gets in. And eventually, all the plants and flowers in the greenhouse are blossoming and everything's fine. Now, I, for one, have learned that if I'm going to be happy in my life, which I am very happy, then I have to make sure that, A, I don't create any karma. That means I avoid using, manipulating, lying, or cheating, or being in a situation that is uncomfortable, abnormal, or negative. Now, we're all human beings, and we all make mistakes, and I'm the same, and I've also been in a situation where there's been some negative energy. But you know, when two people are real with each other, then they will exchange sacred vows with each other. They'll be honest with each other. They'll make eye contact, and they'll look at each other and say, you know what, we're going to make this work. We're going to become one with each other. And if one or the other person resists that or doubts it or doesn't want to get involved, it's not right. It's just that simple. Too many people out there get involved in sports relationships. You know, I'm talking about where they pretend to love somebody, but really they don't. They pretend to try and make a commitment work, but really they don't. And on the side, they're still experimenting with new people. If there was really love with that other person, a man, for example, would look into a woman's eyes or vice versa, or even two gay men or even two gay women, and they'd say, you know what, I like what we have, and I'm willing to make a vow to you. It's almost like a natural law of marriage or something, where I am going to be commitment to you. So help me God. I'm going to make a commitment to you that I am going to be honest and trusting and loyal and loving and truthful. And I'm going to make a commitment to you that if I feel a need to be with another person romantically, that I will communicate that energy to you before I would do that. And all I ask is you do the same with me. If that other person should come back with a similar vow, well, then you have a oneness. Then you have a unit. There is so much of a patent place going on, especially in Europe and America, it's so absurd how many people are out there pretending to be in commitments and just cheating with three, four, five different lovers. That is very karmic. But if you don't sit down and make a sacred vow with the person you're with or at least have a knowingness because of your oneness that you share that that vow does exist, that there is a commitment of loyalty, then there will not be allowed a shock or a distortion or a blasphemy or a taint of energy 
from a third party coming in and interfering with that bond, with that union, with that unity. You see what I mean? I, for one, am real realistic. And frankly, if I really like someone and I know it's good, then I'll sit down with them, give them that eye contact, put my arm around them or whatever, and say, you know what, this is for real, and I want you to know that I'm going to be loyal. I did the same thing when I was married. I do believe that marriage is a very sacred union. When you do it by law and and by a priest or minister or rabbi or whatever, that to me is heavy. When I was married to my wife, I was so honest and loyal and trusting of her Unfortunately, she was the one that wasn't. And the reason why we got divorced is because she felt the need to be with another person, and that really hurt. You know, it took me many years to recover from that, and in fact, that's what really encouraged me to get into astrology and metaphysics and meditation, because I wanted some answers, because I wanted to know why I was so stupid. <laughs> well, that was a big karma. That was a karma because she was involved in the marriage for the wrong reason, And I obviously found out I was involved in the marriage for the wrong reason. The motives were not sound. They were not just. And even though I was trying to be honest and loyal to her and truthful with her physically by not cheating on her, emotionally it was a lie. Because even though I thought I loved her down deep, I didn't. That's why I opened up avenues of pain for the future because the marriage was not based on love. Which happens to a lot of people. A lot of people think they love each other, but what happens is you find a lot of people out there just wanting to get married and just trying to find someone that'll marry them. You know, as long as they fit a few of the prerequisites, there's a lot of people out there with the opinion that, hey, as long as we get married, we got to get this person married. we got to get married. The clock is ticking here. Let's get married. Let's get married. Then they get married, and then a year or two later goes by, and they realize, wow, I, why did I marry this person? I really don't love this person, and there's no oneness, there's no bond, and there's too much karma there. What do I do with it? If you let it sit there, then obviously you're going to be in trouble because you might get pregnant, you might have a baby, you might have bills, you might buy a house, you might have a property settlement, and things can really get sticky and hairy. But then there's those people that will seek resolution and unload their soul bowls and turn to their spouse and say, you know what, this is wrong, i got to get out. God bless you, I'm sorry it didn't work, but I'm out of here. i got to go on to some other things. And love and peace and grace and blessings upon you and your life. Thanks for the memories. And I'm out of here. And see, and that is exactly the action that is required to inspire a spiritual recovery, spiritual rebirth, to remove some of the negative elements from your soul, what we call processing relationships and life and seeking resolution, karmic resolution. And you would be in shock if you've never gone through this before because a lot of you out there have been holding on to negative elements in your life, your whole life. Never, ever have you had the courage to release some of these elements in your life, including your mom, including your dad, including your brothers and sisters and friends and career. Let's face it, a lot of us are out there and just holding on to horror in our life, and we refuse to do anything about it. But then there's the smart cookies that decide to seek resolution and to free themselves up. I guess this topic, more than anything, is for those people out there having A, either a Saturn cycle, or B, having a Saturn return. If you know somebody that's in a seven-year cycle, 7, 14, 21, 28, 35, 42, 49, 55, and so on, or somebody that is 14, 28 to 30, or uh, 45 to 47, or, or 58 to 60, 
These people are all having major Saturn cycles in their chart, where Saturn is either conjunct Saturn, square Saturn, or opposed Saturn in your natal chart, which means it's one of the more karmic experiences of your life, which usually means that resolution is needed to be sought, that peace is needed to be made, and that severance is needed to be done to remove certain people and certain situations out of our life to enable us to have some fun. Because the way it works is that once you recognize you have a karma, or once you recognize you have a problem in your life, and you solve it, you get rid of it, you make up your mind that that's it, it's over. There's a song by Electric Light Orchestra that's on their album with the big UFO on it that's about summer. You know, I think it, summer came and passed away. Hardly seemed to last a day, but it's over. And, you know, it goes on. That's one of my favorite songs, because whenever I sing or play that song, then I know that another chapter in my life is closed, and a new beginning always occurs. In my life, I have found, through karmic experience, that once you close chapters, and once you realize that it's over, you know, (laughs) and then he always says, what can I do, do, do? It's over, it's over, it's over, it's all over now. And it keeps going on. It's a great song because it really does put into perspective that you have strength and courage and wisdom and ability and knowledge to close out sectors of your life, which opens up so many new possibilities. I, for one, have found the universe to dump on me glorious possibilities and glorious new options for relationships and career and life and love and happiness and compassion and cooperation. I'm telling you something. You may be in a bad relationship or you may be in a bad marriage and you have resisted to do anything about that for years. And meanwhile, your soulmate, your mate, whether it's your twin flame, the person that you are truly meant to be one with is sitting out there on the outskirts of your life, somewhere in nowhere land, but just metaphysically waiting for the timing of you to do something about your karma. And that person just is not allowed to come in. You'd be amazed how odd it is how people meet and how people get together that are really meant to be together. And people call me up and say, Farley, I got a boyfriend and I got a husband and and I'm dating somebody else and I met somebody else and I'm not happy with any of them. Maybe if you just clean the slate, right, and process the husband, the boyfriend, the new boyfriend, I'll get rid of all the karma and stop fishing that the universe might dump your twin flame soulmate on you, somebody that you are truly one with, someone you don't have to worry about being in love with. You're one with this person. They're your mate. They're your other half. They're the yin of your yang. They're the yang of your yin. They're it. The yin-yang. The male-female bond. Or if you're gay, of course, the yin-yin or the yang-yang. But still in all, it does work. It's like people will sit there and I want to be an actor. I want to be a movie star. I want to be a writer or a director. I want to be do something with screenplays. I want to. I want to want to be this. Want to be that. Want to be one. And you hang on to that karma, to that obsession, when meanwhile on the outskirts of your life, your true destiny awaits you. No matter what it is, it's been put on hold because of that obsession. Now, I'm not saying that you're not meant to be a singer or a dancer or an actor. Hey, Maybe at the local playhouse somewhere you can get into a play or you can sing a song or get a band up and have some fun. But too many of us hang on to these dreams that become obsessions 
that are negative elements that, like I say, pain equal karma. So if you're doing something that's painful, that's karmic. And we hold on to this energy, and until we finally say goodbye, it's over. I don't need it anymore. This is not the right dream. I don't like it. Until we finally move on, do we get set up metaphysically by the universe to qualify for a much more comfortable situation? It's so magnificent, the results that you get when you finally identify, recognize, and zero in on the pain in your life, the karma, and then process it, and then finally allow for the universe to reward you. And that's the way it works. Benefits. Sometimes within minutes or hours after you've said goodbye to a big chunk in your soul bowl, half of it maybe, or a great portion of it that's been weighing you down, the universe knocks on your door and says, Farley Malaris, we have a delivery for you, guy. And you're like, whoa, man. And people have so much fear in letting go of their pain. People are so scared. I keep on going back to the Ten Commandments, this thing with honor thy father and thy mother. What a head trip that one is. I'd like to know if Moses or God wrote that one down. It's like, why isn't it somewhere in the Ten Commandments, honor thy children? What happened to that one? You mean parents have a write-your-own-ticket to beat the hell out of their kids any way they want, and we're supposed to respect them no matter what? I had been living my life under the illusion that if I didn't honor my mother and father that I was going to be banished to hell. But do they honor us? Do you know how many people out there that truly hate and are very angry with their mom and or their dad because of the way they were abused in their life. It's appalling. The statistics, I'd have to say on a random sample, that 90% of all people you'll meet, American people, have hate and anger towards their parents. Not only do they not honor them, but they don't feel honor and respect from their parents. But I just get so angry because I see the way some parents treat their children, the way they lie to them, the way they try to control and manipulate them and use them and dangle their money and their property and their legacy in front of them. I mean, they try to buy their love from them or tell them what to do or where to go or what to be or who to see or who to marry or who to love or who to hate. That's karma. You know, some people really don't grow up and let go of this pain from childhood until they say goodbye to all that. Yeah, I know a lot of you out there that live in Los Angeles, in fact, have moved away from your family and your parents that are back east or up north or down south or wherever because you can't handle it anymore. And even that once-a-week phone call or that once-a-month visitation or once-a-year visitation is just too much. It drives you crazy. But then again, what happens... When you write a letter or make a phone call and you say, you know what, Mom and Dad, you gave it a good shot. Thanks a lot. Frankly, I loved you a whole bunch, still do. It was a great time. And I realize all the things you did, but I'm not your slave and I'm not your butt boy. I'm not the person to be pushed around or shoved around or be laid guilt trips on constantly or to be yelled at or screamed at or lied to. When I got out of college, my dad, for one, told me he'd be the type of guy to bring you down the business and say, 
Farley, in a couple years, you'll own 10% of this. 20 years later, I never owned 10% of garbage. It's because I just wasn't a good enough boy, even though I was in my 30s or 40s, to own whatever he wanted to offer. Whenever it comes to karma, it's always pain. You have to identify where is the pain. It's like that last Star Trek episode they did for the movies with uh, Lawrence Luckinbill. When he used to walk up to people, he was so psychic and powerful, and he would say, show me your pain. Show me your pain. People would allow him in, and he would heal them. He would release them from that karma. Well, all you've got to do is be honest with yourself and show yourself your own pain and release thyself and walk on by, and you will have fun. There is no reason in the world why you must suffer. If you want to know why people get sick and die, and why people get diseases, no matter what they are, it's because they don't resolve their karma. And the benefits you get are good health, spiritual glow, happiness, bliss, laughter, comfort, fun, freedom, whatever you want. It's magnificent once you seek resolution. And everybody goes through it. Everybody goes through a need to identify what's wrong with their lives and peacefully, gracefully, compassionately doing something about it and saying, I need some peace in my life. I'm sorry that you're not there for me or I'm not there for you. God bless you. I must move on. And I don't care who it is. I don't care who the person is, even if they're your dad. If they're your children and you just don't get along with those children, there's pain. Well, maybe the grandparents or the step-parents or the mother or the father should end up with those children, and you shouldn't. If there's too much karma, Time to say goodbye. It's better for the you. It's better for the kids. Why not? But people don't do that. You know, people just allow things to compound and get worse and more hate and more anger and more competition and more jealousy and more ego and more karma. And that's why our lives get all screwed up, especially in these tough times. I'm Farley Malaris. This is 93.5 FM, your talk alternative. And you're listening to the Astrological Metaphysical Radio Network. Heard right here weekdays at 12 noon to 1 o'clock on KFOX 93.5 FM, your talk alternative, a public subscription-supported radio show. Let's go to a wonderful lady and a good friend, and thank you for the CDs. Louise, on line number one, June 20th, 1949, Aquarius Rising. Hi, Carly. How are you? <laughs> Pretty good. It sounds like you needed to get that off your chest. What, that topic? Yeah. Well, don't you think everybody needs to hear that? Oh, are you kidding? <laughs> well, the thing about karma is that it's necessary, but once it's over and then you know you've absolved it, what seems so impossible when you look back at it becomes very small, you know, and life is so much better. You know, we all have those relationships and situations that have become, like, horrendous, but it's like walking through fire, but if you can walk through that fire, you come out, you know, like a brand new person. I mean, I know I did it, so I'm, you know, I, I feel that I'm just on a, on a new road, and I'm thrilled that I walked through it, and it was worth it, even though it hurt, you know, so that's the only comment. I needed to hear it, and I get frustrated when I see people go through their situations, and you say it doesn't have to be that way, but in a way, it does have to be until they walk through that fire themselves. Being a Leo, Louise, or those of us with Leo planets like yourself with Pluto and Leo, Sometimes we need a little pat on the back and a little reinforcement to let us know that we're okay, you know. Yeah. And and when you work out your karma and when you say goodbye to pain, 
the universe has an incredible way of giving you a major pat on the back, like, way to go, Farley, here's a reward. You know, it's like, sometimes I feel like a dog that finally gets a milk bone, you know, because, because I've done so well. And you know what I mean? The benefit, the benefits. Well, that's, I'm glad you, you, you mentioned that because this way I can segue into, I met a really wonderful human being. And I wanted to give you his birth date and uh, <laughs> okay. his reward. I, so. I, I, I knew there was a, a reason why you were calling. In other words, you processed somebody else right. and the universe dumped on you someone so much better, it was a mind blower. Well, it's a soul bowl theory, which I believe in 1,000%. Right. So I cleared the energy for somebody and cleared my own energy. And I met a wonderful Libran born 10760. Oh, you the age difference. <laughs> okay, <laughs> ten, ten, seven, sixty. Well, well, first of all, you know, Louise, you're having a Mars return, Mars and Gemini, almost exactly on your Mars trying your Neptune. This is it, you know, like uh, Mars trying your Jupiter a couple weeks ago. Did you just meet him within the last three weeks? About the last two months. Okay, but lately you've been getting in really thick Very, with this guy. Okay. Right. Okay. Now, when's his birthday? Ten, seven, sixty. Okay, so we got it. Being a Gemini, I attract that youthful energy. Mm-hmm. You have Venus in Cancer, right? Right, and he has, it has Mars in Cancer, mm-hmm. which works. You know, that's one of the factors we want to look for for compatibility. But better yet is he's got Venus in Scorpio. Trying your Venus in Cancer. <laughs> so he has a Venus-Mars trine, which shows better relationship stability overall. And his Mars on your Venus and, and his Venus trying your Venus. Whoa. Yeah. I like to see films of that romantic experience. <laughs> well, we're, talk, we're talking 4th of July here, you know. I can't believe it. So I can actually hear Louise howling in the middle of the night over there going, are you having a good time or what? Well, it's working. Let's put it that way. <laughs> okay, thank you, sweetie. Well, thanks, Harley. Okay, see you later. Thanks, bye. Bye-bye. Okay, let's go to line number three and talk to Lucy, a cancer. Hi, Hi Lu- Lucy. Do you remember your rising, hon? Yeah, I'm a Sag Rising 23. A famous Sag Rising. So what's happening with you? Did you like that topic? I love the topic. In fact, it's something I have been doing, uh, I think, for a little while. And I I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like the more I clean up, the more, like, toxic matter I have to deal with. The more, um, it, I know in the end, the end, uh, it will all be cleared out, but uh, I'm going through a lot of processing. It's kind of hard. It's kind of like uh, being a person at an ice cream store that has a whole crowd of people there, mm-hmm. and they all have numbers. Yeah. <laughs> and you're sitting there going, okay, 35, you know, and down deep you know you got to get through to 99 in order yeah. to make it. But it's actually one day at a time, one step at a time, one person at a time until you climb the mountain. That's right. You know. I, you know, one of the, I, I wanted to go to the point because I know how busy you are. I was wondering a little bit, I, I think a lot of it's been happening since the Mars and Gemini thing. I have both Moon and Venus and Gemini yeah. in my sixth house, and I've been having a lot of problems with, I've had to change jobs three times in the last month. Okay. And I was wondering if that's related in any way and uh, what kind of steps I can take to kind of ride the wave a little easier. <laughs> you were born July 13th and you have Moon, Venus, and Gemini. Right. And every time something hits Gemini, goes oppose your Saturn and Sag and you yeah. get and you get nuked, you know. Yeah, I've been nuked. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's not, you, you for one might not enjoy the Gemini transits as much as most, but the good news is that that Gemini energy will trine your Jupiter in Libra. Uh-huh. And see, that tells me, Lucy, that you were really meant to be a consular like a therapist or an astrologer or somebody that would be there for other people 
Because you already help people with resolution of their problems more than you can for yourself, right? Oh, that's definitely true. Yeah. My own therapist thinks I should be a therapist. Yeah, so it's like a long time ago I found out that you don't have a license to be a therapist. You don't need to have one as long as you let your clients know that you're what you call a lay therapist, that uh -huh. you're you're just someone that's a natural counselor, and, and that's why you only charge 30 or 40 bucks an hour. But if you're good, then you'll develop a clientele. And, uh, you know, so, so just because people are licensed psychiatrists <laughs> doesn't mean they're worth the 150 bucks an hour or whatever I they charge. No, I worked in the in medical business long <laughs> enough to agree with you. I think that's in my major personal karma, if you want to call it, is trying to direct those energies and find the right, quote-unquote, career. Okay. Because I'm not motivated by money, I'm, yeah. thank God. I have my North Node on the 11th house, 27 Libra. Yeah, I know that. So that's a that's a goal with counseling. Then that's a life purpose concerning counseling, right? Thank you, Lucy. Thank you, Farley. Bye, Bye, honey. Let's go to line five and talk to a gentleman, James, who is a Gemini first time caller. I think is that right? Yes. First time listening to the show. Yes. Well, welcome to the show. We've been here almost seven years. I'm glad you finally found <laughs> us. Did you want me to look at your horoscope for you? Please, that'd be great. Well, let me tell you a little bit about what happened in 1965, around May 25th. Uh, in astrology, uh, we... Excuse me, it's May 24th. May 24th, okay. In astrology, we are more concerned with just your sun sign. So, in my point of view, you are so much more than what we would say just a Gemini. You have moon in Pisces, which would make you extremely vulnerable, sensitive, emotional, and very psychic. The Mercury in Taurus would be the bullheaded side to you and the part of you that probably thinks too much about money, finances, and money management. Mm -hmm. The workaholic part, if you like what you're doing, is having Mars, Uranus, and Pluto in Virgo. Do you do something odd in career that's very technical or very different? It's technical. What I'm, is it? Uh, actually, I'm going back to school to be an engineer. Perfect. Okay. So Mars and Uranus and Pluto in Virgo is like a scientist aspect, so uh -huh. you made that. And then you have Jupiter and Gemini also, so uh, communication is very important to you. Saturn in Pisces means you're your own worst enemy more than anybody else, and the inability for you to make choices or to be confused would be a problem. Are you laughing? No. Okay, I'm glad. Maybe. maybe. <laughs> we find out when you send away for your horoscope is we'll get what's called the rising sign, which defines the Earth's rotation, which is the key point, the number one point in any horoscope. And when you call me back with that rising sign, I would be able to answer a very specific question, but knowing you're a Gemini with a Pisces moon is a, probably one of the most important parts. Like, I'm a Leo with a Scorpio moon, so in astrology, that helps you start to speak the language a little bit. Okay. Okay, is that fun? That's great. Thanks, James. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Somebody checking the water out there. Let's go to Barbara on line number eight, Sag, Gemini Rising. Hi, Barb. Hi. A wonderful topic today. Thank you. And this is a, I'm struggling with this karma thing a lot and I think I've narrowed it down to my karma as being somewhat related to work and also relationship. And I, well that sounds pretty logical for most of us there. Right but I mean just um, that I'm going to have to that's where my struggle is you know that um, mm -hmm. it may appear to come easy for a lot of other people and some people even think it comes easy for me but it's not the case. Yeah well part of this has to do with Mars and Capricorn Barbara because Mars and Capricorn, for some strange, weird, twilight zone-ish reason, feels a need to be martyred, both on the job and in relationships. So it's like you need to have a bloodletting before you're smart enough to pull out and say goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> and I just, you have Jupiter and Capricorn besides that, 
They're both trying Saturn, so there's probably no shortage of work opportunities or men or relationships, in fact, but the pain you go through is just too much. You just need to know when to say goodbye, when to let go, and when to move on because you do have the chart of a soldier, of a person that will stay under the line of fire even though you're getting all shot up. <laughs> you know what I mean? But you are shown some better times. It's just that you need to probably embrace an ability to be a little bit more intuitive, a little bit more sensitive to what your true needs are instead of settling for much less than what you deserve or what you need to be appreciated. Okay. All right. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, there's the music. And you've been listening to another edition of Astrological Metaphysical Radio on KFOX 93.5 FM. I'm out of here. Have a nice day. See you 12 noon weekdays, KFOX. Bye, everybody.